Tag and Brag Nation and Goose Chasers, welcome back to another episode of Your Boys and Their Goose Chasing. Goose Chasing is brought to you by Tag and Brag and Tag and Brag Productions. It's also brought to you by Tag and Brag Apparel and getting into it, especially in the coming weeks and months, Tag and Brag Land Management. If any of y'all are interested, we would welcome the opportunity to build a land and deer management plan together. We got some good stuff coming down the pipeline. Um, just a couple housekeeping things before we get going. We've got the bow giveaway that we've been doing on our social media. That was a Christmas giveaway. It's been extended a little bit longer and for good reason because we have just so many people that are graciously giving back to their loved ones, giving back to people that they know, um, some people giving back to people that they don't know, which is cool too. So we've extended that a little bit. Uh, this is obviously a solo podcast with your boy David, but when Dino gets back, we will announce those and maybe we'll do a bonus episode later in the week um, with the announcement of those winners. We've got it narrowed down, but we don't have three final picks quite yet so it's really exciting though i mean that whole giveaway was uh was an eye-opening experience for us we wanted the opportunity to give back um you know to the people that have followed us along to the people that have essentially made our dreams come true and our dreams a reality and not knowing really what to expect or what would come of it and what's come of it is is pretty cool just people opening up and and giving back to what we what we feel like are people that really need and could use this archery equipment like people that may not be hunting yet people that may have stopped hunting you know because their equipment is just not up to par and they can't afford it right now but the fact of the matter is is the give back from y'all is is pretty warming to our hearts and pretty rewarding and just the fact that everybody has been so so um giving in this in this giveaway i mean i guess that's the kind of the nature of the beast and it's in the name but at, but at the same time you know people could just easily tag somebody and not write you know a reason um but the people that have got gotten very descriptive in you know, naming somebody that they want to give a bow to and the reasons why and, you know, basically selling the fact that this person actually really does need a bow and it could actually very much benefit them, benefit their life and benefit their family's life. To be able to put three bows out into the world that could have that effect on somebody and not just that person, but the people around them and their families is pretty awesome. So for that, we cannot be uh, cannot be more grateful to you all who have participated and can't thank you enough. We appreciate your patience on drawing the winners of this. Like like we've said all along, our main concern is that these go into the hands of people that truly, truly need them, that, you know, people that it could really make a difference with. And we are well on our way. So thank you all for that. But we will have those announcements soon. I think we mentioned last podcast that we are going to announce at this time but like i said i wouldn't feel right announcing those winners without my boy dino sitting next to me because he is half of the efforts and uh half of uh the tag and brag spirit and and in our spirit of giving back we wouldn't want to do it any other way so dino is on a little bit of a photo shoot today doing some work for moultrie mobile and moultrie feeders which is pretty awesome we are trying to get all of our ducks in a row and just get the last of our things done for to get ready to go to ATA later this week. ATA, the Archery Trade Show Association, is having their annual trade show in St. Louis, Missouri this year. And Dean and I have gone, man, close to probably close to 10 years now. Um, it's funny that the first couple years going to that show, you know, it's the show is not open to the public. So it's essentially a show for all the buyers 
and the retailers, box stores and stuff like that to go put in their orders, the small mom and pop shops all throughout this country to go put in their orders, see new products, test new things, all that good jazz. And honestly, for us, it's more of an opportunity and really one of the few opportunities throughout the year that we can go and, you know, have some face-to-face time with other people within our industry, whether it's partners, whether it's other, you know, TV personalities, um, potential partners, all that stuff. It's, it's a massive, massive opportunity to network and just get that FaceTime that so many of us don't get to have throughout the year because we're running and gunning and we're, we're hunting and traveling and doing our thing. And to be able to kind of settle back down into one place, it's, uh, it's a pretty cool event. So, we're getting ready for that. And like I said, the, the, the first couple years going there, you know, I remember the first year uncle Jay and I actually went, Dean didn't even go with me. And I'm trying to think of where it was. Maybe it was, maybe it was down here in Nashville. Um, but we, we went there and we were overwhelmed with just the industry, the size of everything, the amount of people, um, going and walking and, you know, rubbing elbows with guys like Michael Waddell, the Drury's, you know, John Dudley, uh, Levi Morgan, Heartland Bowhunter, all these guys that we idolized, you know, as we were kind of coming up and as we were growing up and morphing into the young little lad hunters that we, that we were at that time. But to be able to walk that show and be in the same room as those people was an eye-opening experience for, for me, for sure. Um, just the reality check of like the work that you're putting in and, and what you're shooting towards. And, you know, part of just being there the first year, you know, nobody knew who we were. We didn't really know what we were doing. We didn't know, you know, everybody else was had meetings planned and, you know, it seemed like they, there was a, a schedule and an agenda of where to go. And we were just kind of there like in awe walking around, looking at all the new products, you know, not really believing that we're kind of on the same level as some of those TV personalities and stuff like that, that we, that we idolized and looked up to. Um, but, but that really motivated us and, and for sure it motivated me to, to get to that level. You know, like I, I remember going to ATA the first time and you walk into this trade show and it is like a, it is like a hunting world paradise like just its own little world and it's separated from the rest of the world because you've got all these people all in the same room and this is all we're concentrated on for the next two to three days and I remember walking in there and you know I could you could quickly understand what was going on it was there was a lot of business deals going on whether it was buyers putting in orders whether it was you know personalities trying to you know, gain another company or, or, or product as a sponsor or, you know, be part of their marketing campaign, whatever it was, it was just, it was a very like business deal savvy place to be. So the networking was extremely important, but I remember thinking in that moment, you know, I want to be one of the people that, you know, is in scheduled meetings one time, you know, Eventually, I want to be one of the people that is, you know, that these other companies are looking forward to seeing based on the work that we've done throughout the year. And, you know, slowly but surely over the years, we kind of worked our way to that point. And then the Badlands Film Festival started happening. So we started putting films into the Badlands Film Festival and, you know, putting ourselves up against some of the best producers in the hunting and archery industry. And that was cool too, to be able to sit in a room in an auditorium with a couple thousand people in it and people see, you know, your 10 minute masterpiece of a hunt up on the big screen. I mean, you're literally in theaters, massive screens, sound, and to hear like the crowd roar when they see your, logo or to hear the crowd roar when they see you send an arrow through something. It was just like, that was such a captivating experience. And those were such captivating moments for us. So this week is, uh, 
I guess holds a little place near and dear to our hearts. Um, from a business standpoint, this is where we feel like we kind of cut our teeth and kind of and got started because it was ATA that allowed us to get that FaceTime that we'd never had before with, you know, with, with people that could make decisions to have us market their products. And so it was a way for us to prove ourselves and kind of get that face to FaceTime and build trust and, um, and build kind of a, you know, a, a reputation and, and, and build a relationship with these people and these companies to, to allow them to, you know, have you represent their product. And what started as a lot of product deals and a lot of working for nothing has, has got to us has gotten us to this point where, you know, we're making money and we're representing products and people and they're paying us to do that. And, and it's all because we had the courage to chase what we love to do and to chase what we've, we've always dreamed about. And certainly we were scared and, and, uh, there was a lot of, a lot of, a lot of unknowns along the way, but it's, it was here at ATA that we, we were able to start that journey from a business perspective as with us as the personalities. And, and that's pretty cool. So looking forward to this week, uh, more than anything, I just love to see all the people that we've been able to make friends with all the companies that we work with to be able to go and shake hands and have those direct conversations with, you know, people from Moultrie and Moultrie mobile and code blue and XOP and Onyx and, you know, the list goes on and on of the people that are there. Um, it's really, it really just shores up those relationships. It, it gets you motivated to go back to work for that year for, for not only yourself, but for them, uh, because we work with so many, so many great companies that have given us a chance, have given us the chance to make this into a business to legit make this a livelihood. So that's what it is. And, uh, unfortunately Dino's doing some, uh, in the field stuff today. So we had to record a podcast and you're getting your boy solo today. So congratulations. Um, let me just check this out. What I, I wrote down some notes and stuff like that. Uh, season ended in Tennessee yesterday, like the main part of the season. So Tennessee closed yesterday for all of the regular season. Now we go into a five day doe only season, which you can use gun muzzleloader or, uh, or bow. And then Saturday, Sunday are our youth weekend. And then the season is officially over. So I was battling some, um, some weird emotions yesterday, I guess you could say I was, uh, you know, when the season finally comes to a close and I, I honestly, I didn't even get to hunt yesterday at all. And, you know, part of the reason is because just paying attention to the trail cameras and stuff like that. Like there's just, I right now down here in Tennessee, there's not a buck that I am like hard pressed to go pursue. And so that was part of it. Other parts of it were just, you know, had other things to do yesterday. And, um, that took kind of precedent over the hunting aspect of things or just kind of just the, the reason to just go sit in the woods. I am going to try and get in this afternoon, but just honestly, it's been a it's been a very rewarding season in a lot of different ways. I'm extremely grateful for this season in a lot of different ways. You know, we we got to experience Kansas for the first time, which has been a bucket list of ours for, I mean, since we were 10, 11, 12 years old. Uh, didn't get anything there. Did have one tough opportunity and didn't make good on that. And that's part of bow hunting and what what happens sometimes. But um, but I'm extremely grateful for kind of having the courage to apply, go do it and just go experience it. Cause once you get your feet wet with something, it's, it makes it a lot easier to go back and, and do it that next time, that next go around. So I'm glad that we got our feet wet in Kansas. It's, uh, it, it's become an ex- obsession as far as hunting there. And I'm looking forward to the years to come in hunting this magical, magical whitetail paradise. 
We talked a little bit about that on the last last podcast, but I'm also grateful for just the amount of travel that I was able to do and the amount of experiences that I was able to have throughout this season all all the while I didn't fill a buck tag. Um, you know, I started the season in North Dakota, came back here to Tennessee and hunted a little bit, ended up in Wisconsin on an XOP team hunt, which was another amazing experience and just awesome to be able to go up there, get into camp with guys that I've never been in, in deer camp with before, share stories, share tactics. You know, we chased around a few deer together. We were kayaking and canoeing onto this island to hunt deer. So something that I've never even, you know, remotely experienced before. That was really, really cool. Um, And then after that, went back up to North Dakota, had another awesome trip, kind of extended that maybe a little bit longer than uh, we had permission to for, you know, but for good reason, because we kept feeling like we were right there the last couple days of our hunt, the first four days of our hunt, we were scratching our head. I mean, we almost literally almost left early. And then Dean and I saw shooters on the same night on what would have been our last night. And we ended up staying two more nights um, because we, we just had the cameras kind of popped and it, it was telling us that we needed to be there. And, you know, we had multiple different encounters the next couple days, almost got it done. Didn't came back here um and hunted the latter part of october in tennessee went up to new york for rut week which was awesome i actually had a great a great week during rut week i saw a ton of deer i saw a lot of um borderline shooters i had one shooter give me the slip chasing a doe and you know it was a little bit of a down year for us up in new york and that's okay. You know, that's, that's okay. The standards are, are elevating also. So that kind of plays a little bit of a factor into it. You know, there's deer that we had encounters and, you know, experiences with this year that probably two or three years ago, we wouldn't have been so gracious in, in letting them pass. And so that certainly plays a factor of it. But I, I did see a lot of deer. I probably saw every single one of our, our up and comers. And I'm trying to think every one that I passed, I think is still alive. Yeah. Not all the up and comers that, you know, we were hoping make made it, hoping make it, made it. But all the ones that I saw, at least that I passed, um, survived up until this point. So that's, that's awesome as well, because that certainly boasts well for for next year's crop of bucks and uh and hopefully a little bit of a re revitalizing year next year to get back to uh camp cutlet in new york spent a little bit of time in ohio you know unfortunately couldn't get it done there and uh and then rounded out the season back here in tennessee and in kansas and ended up seeing the one my one main target buck twice here in Tennessee, couldn't get it done. Um, and the season has kind of slowed down pretty rapidly since then. And it just, you know, I, I had a, I had a weird feeling. Um, I had a weird feeling in my gut yesterday, because when you close a season out, uh, and, and it's kind of officially done with, and you still have a tag in your pocket, there's, I don't know who experiences what I'm sure everybody experiences different things based on the level of like seriousness that you take this based on the level of, uh, experience that you have based on the level of, of time and effort that you put into this. But for me, you know, have kind of put my blood, sweat and tears into all this stuff and, you know, have, have made it my, my livelihood. So to end a season, you know, hunting six different States and not to fill a buck tag to say that there was a disappointment in my gut is an understatement. Um, I, uh, to a fault at times, I hold myself to a very high standard and I am my biggest, my own worst critic. I am my own probably worst enemy. And so I'm, I'm hard on myself at times. And 
I don't know. In this instance, I don't think that there's any reason not to be. You know, there's you got to kind of scratch your head and take a look in the mirror when you're doing this for for uh, for your livelihood. You're do, you've you've made a career out of this. This is what you focus a majority of your time and effort into, and you're quote unquote unsuccessful and don't have a tag filled at the end of the season. Like for me, I look at it and and I'm like that won't happen again. Like I won't let that happen again. So maybe to some degree it was something that I needed. Uh, maybe to some degree that it was kind of like a kick in the shorts to be like, dude, like you have complete control and you have complete power over, you know, what, what you dictate or what you deem as successful within your season. So as hard as it was, to kind of take that um, disappointment out of me, you know, I, I have to go back and look at the positives of the season. Number one, like I said, Kansas is like kind of one of the first, like for me personally, one of the first things that comes to mind is just putting myself in a position to be able to experience that, putting myself in a position to actually go do it and, you know, not just talk about it, be about it. Um, that is something that I'm extremely proud of actually going and experiencing it and being able to then like, have you all follow along with that story. That's something that I'm extremely proud of. And regardless of how the season ended up, like y'all followed along with the entire story with me, Dean, my dad, uncle Jay for the, for the whole season. So the fact that we've done that, you know, now another year consistently is with a good, bad or, or indifferent you know, no matter what the results are, we've been able to bring you guys along with the journey. That is my most proud part of, of all of this. And that always has been with tag and brag. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, I don't know what the percentage of hunters go out there that end their season with a tag in their pocket. You know, a lot of people are only, only have the opportunity to hunt their home state, or that's just, you know, that's the time that they have and the money that they have to put into it. And so, it's a lot easier to go um, deerless or to, to not fill a tag when you're in that position than, you know, it is for somebody like myself who has multiple different states and opportunities to try and go fulfill something. But the reality of the situation is that there's a good percentage of hunters out there that come away with their season with tags in their pocket. Also, every time that you go out into the woods, you know, you're not coming back with the, uh, with the celebratory moments of putting a deer in the back of the truck, hanging a deer on the skinning pole, being able to celebrate that harvest, actually probably 95%, maybe even more of the hunts that you go on throughout the year are not going to come with that like end carrot. So who are we to decide whether or not you can get something from one of our hunts, whether they're successful or not? That's where we changed our thinking years back in, okay, we're filming every one of these hunts regardless. We're we're putting the effort in to bring the cameras into the woods to document all this stuff. Why are we not editing that? Why are we not putting it out there? Because who are we to say that one of you guys can't get something from that specific hunt? So changing that format has been very, uh, it's been a lot more work. That's for sure. It's been a heck of a lot more work. A lot of time, effort, and energy goes into behind the scenes outside of, you know, the woods or a tree stand or anything like that, outside of filming and documenting all this stuff, you know, from an editing standpoint, just organizing the footage on, onto hard drives to make sure that we have it back up, backed up, making sure cameras are recharged and cards are cleared and ready to go for the next day's hunt. Um, all of that stuff, you know, there's so much work behind the scenes that goes into being able to put ourselves out there in that in that manner. And the fact that we've been able to do that for so many years consistently is I'm extremely proud of. Uh, I think that that's part of what sets us apart from even some of the bigger names in in the hunting industry because right now we're doing this all ourselves. And one of our goals for 2024 is to build more of a team around this and not necessarily a team to go into the woods and, and film their hunts, but some people on the back end that can help us out and getting this content out to you guys quicker 
and even quicker than we are and more better quality than we already are. So we're always trying to up the game in that regard. We're always trying to push ourselves. And even still, we feel like we're very far from our potential. We're very far from our um, the magnitude of it, of the impact that we can have on this hunting industry. And that's, you know, some of that is a drag for me because I'm like, when are we going to get there? When are we going to get there? But also it's exciting too because you feel like you're you're still on the beginning portions of this this crazy journey. So yeah, it's uh it's a very interesting feeling. Um you know, like I said, I I I feel disappointment in myself in not putting myself in more positions in order to harvest, you know, a buck that I am that I sought out to harvest in order to find a buck that I sought out to harvest. I think where I went wrong first and foremost, and where we went wrong as a team is number one, not having enough options in the States that we do hunt, you know? So for instance, down here in Tennessee, uncle Jay's got some land to hunt up North about an hour from me, which I've, I, you know, he's invited me and I've hunted a handful of times throughout this year, which is awesome. Um, I also have a lease a little bit South of Nashville, but it's a smaller lease. And I kind of put all my eggs into that basket this year, at least, you know, in my home state or, you know, where I'm living right now. And I think that, um, that I can do a better job of, you know, you, you can only hunt the deer that are there. And if there's not a deer that you're seeking, you know, in this, in this crazy whitetail world where we're always trying to up the game of, of killing our next biggest buck, First of all, the reality of the situation is that's not going to happen every year. You're not going to kill your biggest buck ever, every year. So I think that was one thing for me too, that I took out of this, this season is like, you know what, at some point, at some point passing all of these bucks, you know, although it it's giving them, you know, an opportunity to make it to that next year and, you know, maybe develop into their quote unquote full potential and, maybe get to a point where you want, you actually, you know, are excited about harvesting them. Like that's, that's cool and everything, but is it getting a little nitpicky? Like, you know, that buck's got a, you know, his G2s are too short or that buck's got a, his brow, he's got no brow tines or that buck's G4 is busted off halfway off. You know, is, is that getting to be a little bit too much? It like for me, it kind of is. It kind of is. And I understand like we're in the business of land management and whitetail management and certainly don't know it all, but know a lot of what it takes, especially with how we've developed our land and the bucks that we've taken off of it in Western New York, probably one of the hardest states to do that in, uh, in the country. But to what to what degree is it actually hurting a little bit? To what degree is it actually taking away from the experience of a hunter as a whole? And I've looked at my I've looked at myself in the mirror a lot this year, and especially towards the later part of the year, the farther the year went on and I hadn't filled a tag yet, I'm going, dude, I'm looking in the mirror and I'm going, dude, you haven't even you haven't even like experienced the start to finish finish of a hunter and a gatherer like you haven't completed that yet this year how do you go through a full season and not do that how do you go through a full season and not put yourself in a position and i i'm i shouldn't say put yourself in a position i put myself in a lot of positions to do that and passed on them based on the age of the deer okay respect the size of the rack. Okay. Respect, you know, busted this busted that, you know, the deer not being the exact deer that I, you know, maybe wanted to harvest. I passed up on those opportunities. And while, while that's okay. And while that's all good. And while that's like what the hunting industry is all about right now, it's not what hunting is all about at its core. It's not, it's not, you know, harvesting that animal and then being able to take care of it after you harvest it, meaning you got the thing, you got to drag it to the truck, 
you get it to the truck. Whether you get it to the processor and they do it or you process the game yourself, all of that is all parts of the hunt that are are worthy of something. It's they're they're very worthy of something. That meat that's in your freezer, cooking that meat, allow you know, nourishing your body with that meat that you provided, nourishing your family's bodies with that meat that you've provided. That's all part of it. And like we can walk around and tote around these big bucks and our and the Instagram photos and the likes and the comments and all this stuff. And that's all fine and good. But like when you look back on it, you know, hunting at its core was a necessity to stay alive. That was a necessity to survive. And in this crazy world that we are living in right now, I can tell you one thing. That's a that's a necessary skill to have. And I, I just look at it as, you know, I was not as happy with this season from the standpoint that I never, I didn't get to carry that out. And that's on me. You know, there's still a couple days of season here in Tennessee that you're damn right. I'm going to go try and fill a doe tag so that I can carry that out because we do need meat in our freezer. And I can't imagine going throughout, you know, a spring and a summertime without being able to open the freezer and, and have that meat that I've provided for myself and for my family. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's weighed on me a lot. And it's, it's made me think and just get curious and question a lot. Like, are we doing the right things? Are we promoting the right things? You know, it's okay. It's okay to manage the land for deer. It's okay to manage the land for big deer and have that at the forefront and and those as your goals. But we can't lose sight of the fact that we are hunting and putting yourself in those positions, putting yourself in a position to put an animal in the crosshairs, whether it's a gun or a bow, like when you get to that point, right before you're about to pull the trigger, when you get to that point, it's a different feeling. You could practice all you want on the range all year long. But that point right there is a different feeling. It is for me at least. When you're when you're about to take an animal's life, I don't take that lightly whatsoever. I don't take that for granted or lightly whatsoever. It's given me a different appreciation for my own life, let alone the life that I'm going to take, and you're damn sure that 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 I am overly appreciative of that animal's life that I'm going to take because it's going to nourish my life and my body, you know, in, in a certain way. So I just think that, um, at least for me, that kind of got, you know, the, the, the idea of passing things up, um, and the, that question, I guess, is, is forever is evolving in my head right now. And what does that actually mean? And what's the, where's the fine lines? You know, when do you say, no, you know, when do you say I'm go? I'm just going to be a hunter today? I don't know. I mean, I think everybody's going to have their own answers for that. But for me personally, like that this year, and maybe that was part of the, the journey that maybe that was part of the, you know, the place that God put me in this year. And, and the reason that nothing that I didn't fill a buck tag, maybe I, I needed that reality check and I needed that, um, you know, that regrounding of like, no, you need to just enjoy this as, as a hunter, you need to just carry out the, um, you know, the, the qualities that you learned and the characteristics that you've learned that my dad's taught me, uncle Jay, my grandpa, many other uncles and all this stuff that I've learned through experience and through being there, like put that more put those skills, refine those skills, like carry them out, go through them, whether it's a doe, maybe it's a buck that you, you know, you're not going to put on the wall this year. Oh, oh, well, oh my goodness. Nobody's ever done that before. Like, I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm certainly one that wants to, uh, you know, to go after the biggest and the baddest and the oldest deer, just because that challenge for me is, important. And that challenge, you know, means, means something. Um, but at the same time, at at the, at the end of the day, I'm a hunter, I'm a hunter at heart. I'm a hunter 
by nature and I need to keep those skills refined. And, uh, and I didn't this year. And, and I, I guess at the end of the day, that's, that's kind of what I'm the most disappointed at in myself. Um, so you can't sit and, and hang your hat on it, or you can't sit and dwell on it too, too much because as one season ends, another one begins, but I can promise y'all this right now, I'm looking directly into the lens of the camera so for all you on YouTube, I'm looking directly into your eyes. I'm promising you this. I will not. I will not be in this position again next year. I will not be in this position again next year. And the cool part is y'all are going to get to follow along with that journey. So if anybody else has had a struggling season, if anybody else is going through trying times and just is feeling down about their season or down and out about really anything in their life, well... I encourage you to follow along with the journey because I'm kind of right there right now. I'm kind of right there right now with something that I love to do dearly, with something that I'm extremely passionate about, with something that you could arguably say I shouldn't feel this way about, but I do. But I'm going to change it, and y'all are coming with me. So God bless that. So what else do I got on these daggum notes here? Um, bow giveaway we did, tough season, closing out in Tennessee, passing Young Bucks. Um, you know, the other thing that I am grateful for or that I'm proud of is getting back to the, getting back to like how our structure changed. We've got more of a video blog style format where, you know, the glitz, the glam is not always there. Um, some of our hunts could be boring, to be completely honest with you. And we put them out there regardless. If we miss something, we put that out there. The tough times, the highs, the lows, it, it, we put all of that out there. You know, not only for you guys, but for us as well to hold ourselves accountable to the decisions that we make to the actions that we take as hunters and, you know, to, to make everybody realize that this, this is not a perfect game and there's not much calculating that, or, or like scripting that you can specifically do. We work our asses off to try and figure out, to try and get that dupe on the, the deer, the animal of choice. But it's not always like that. We're, we're working with mother nature here. So when you have seasons like we've had and the two leaders of, you know, of tag and brag, my, my brother Dino and myself, n neither of us fill the buck tag this year. My dad got one, uncle Jay got one. Um, but neither of Dean or myself fill the buck tag this year. Uh, that hasn't happened. I think COVID year, I didn't kill a buck as well but before that I don't remember when the last time I didn't kill a buck in a in a season was but Dean and I both to not do that I can't I I don't even don't even recall but you know we stayed on the grind we stayed producing content we kept stuff going out on YouTube Facebook Instagram no matter what like you guys were coming along with the journey it the the destination didn't doesn't matter it doesn't matter with our content. It's all continual, you know, so you can watch, you know, you want to go back to 2019. You want to watch our seasons from 2019 through now. You can do that. 2017 through now. You can do that. 2021 through now. You can do that or any variation in between. It's a continual, continuous cycle and a, and an ever revolving door. But for us to not tag a buck, I, you know, we can kind of backtrack a little bit talking about ATA. One of the things that I'm doing to prepare for ATA is collecting all of our analytics from 2023. What, no, what are our numbers on YouTube? What are our numbers on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok? How did we, did we grow? Did we not grow? You know, numbers from the amount of views you get to the amount of watch hours you have to um, you know, the retention rate of, of the followers and the subscribers and all that stuff. There, 
they break it down in so many different ways. But in the grand scheme of things, you know, this game is all about attracting eyeballs. It's just is. You're going to get paid on the amount of eyeballs that you can attract and that you can consistently have and that you can grow. And so prior to this year, I'm going to pull up some some statistics for you. Um, prior to this year, we had doubled our social followings each year. So last year, we had a total of 36 million views across all platforms. Now, last year, Facebook was our biggest, really, prior to the past, this past year, Facebook has really been our biggest. Um, TikTok's another big one. YouTube, we've been, you know, really trying to get on the YouTube train over the last couple of years, and that's worked from last year to this year. Um, but this year we had 43 million views across all platforms. So we grew our, we grew our viewership, 7 million views from last year to this year. And Dean and I didn't fill a tag. That, that to me is, is it like that to me is the selling point for why a company should represent Tag and Brag or why Tag and Brag should have the opportunity to represent said company. Because we've put ourselves in a position now to where it doesn't matter if we kill a deer or not. It doesn't matter if we have that quote unquote success or not it helps it propels the views i can only imagine what our views would have been if we had one or two more buck kills under our belt for this year it just does that specific episode propels views ar around other episodes on the front and back end of it the short content propels views it all it just amplifies everything but the fact that we could grow and not only grow, but we could grow our viewership 7 million views from 36 million last year to over 43 million this year across all platforms. That's it for me. Like that's the success. Okay. Because it's showing it's, it's proving what what our thought process was a handful of years ago when we switched to this vlog style format, it's proving that to be true. If you lead with your authenticity, if you lead with realism, if you lead with just documenting and bringing people along the journey, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, because everybody who's taken in that content is going to experience those things. If from a hunting aspect, they're going to experience the highs, the lows, the in the middles, the bad seasons, the good seasons, they're going to experience all that. So if you can document that and then show that and people can not only experience it themselves, but they can experience it through your content. Bingo, baby. Bingo. Because also the reality is that you can't control mother nature. Like I hunted my ass off this year, hunted smarter, not harder at times. And I think that made a difference in my season and the amount of deer that I saw and the amount of the quality of deer that I saw. Like I saw a lot of good bucks this year. I saw a lot of shooters this year. Some were in range, some were not. Some it was a little too dark, some it wasn't. Like it, there was just a lot of different um, encounters that I had for one reason or another, why it didn't happen. And that's mother nature. Like we don't have control over that. The only thing I have control over is the hard work that it takes and then actually being there and showing up when it matters. And my attitude all the while in between, like that's really the only control I have. And then I have, con obviously I have control over my preparation, you know, mentally and physically and my preparation with 
shooting my bow or gun or whatever weapon of choice. Like that's all I have control over. But I don't have that control over the deer getting up during daylight hours. I don't have the control over the deer walking, you know, in front of my tree stand or, you know, in a good lane or in a, in a view where I can get the camera on them and still have the opportunity to shoot. Like I have a little bit of control over that based on my setup, but I don't have control over that animal actually physically doing it. So at the end of the day, like you don't have control over that end result and just shooting a deer for business or because you have to fulfill an episode or any bullshit like that. I don't believe in that shit one iota. That's not why I got into the game. That's not why I'm promoting it. That's not why we're doing any of this stuff. So just doing that for like for for competition or for for business? No. Sorry. Not going to happen. You're not going to see that with us. It's just not how we're we're wired. I'm going to I'm going to shoot something. I'm going to take something's life when it when when that thing gives me that jolt, when it gives me that energy, when it gives me that, um, you know, adrenaline rush that you're in that moment of truth. And it's just like your heart is beating out of your chest and you can't even comprehend what is going on in that moment. That's when it's going to happen. It's not just going to happen because I got to fulfill something that I built a business around. No, 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 not going to happen. Not with us. So, and, and, Trust me, I had the opportunity to do that many times this year. Many times. Could have just capped something. Need, need, need a kill for tag and brag. Need one for the this episode. Need to ram things up. Need to get the ball rolling. Need this, need that. What, whatever the reason was outside of the actual values of why you would take that life or that it met your standards as a hunter and trying to elevate yourself, outside of any of that, whatever the... No. No. Not going to happen. And it didn't happen. But I had the oppor- I had the opportunities to do that. It didn't happen. Okay? So the, the fact that we can do that, hold those values that are so close to us and still grow our viewership, it's that's proof in the pudding right there. Number one, this shit ain't going away. You're going to have to deal with tag and brag boys for a hell of a lot longer than y'all have been dealing with them already. But also... It's relatable to people. I'm a hunter. I want to, I want to, when I'm watching or when I'm taking in content, yeah, I like to see a big, big buck get killed or a big bull elk or a big mule deer or a big sheep or whatever. I like to see all that stuff. But the more I like to see is the adventure that it took to get there. What mountain did you have to climb? What river did you have to cross? What food plot did you have to build or property did you have to dissect or any of that stuff? What did it take to get there? Because the people that are watching you and me, they want to know the same thing. And once again, the fact that we've kind of changed our format and now have the courage to produce all of the content, good, bad, or indifferent, and the people are receptive to it. That's that's all. That's all the um, feedback that I need to say. Keep fucking going. Keep going. It's been a rough season. Yeah, you could sit on. You could sit here and dwell on it too, or you could just move on to next season and let's fucking go. You know the the. The worst is over, like, you know, the holidays and stuff like that. You're, you're talking to family members, friends, whatever. They know what you do on a high level, very, very high level, surface level. And it's like, oh, you didn't get a deer yet? You've been hunting six different states. You didn't shoot a deer yet? Like, are you even a real hunter? Do you even know what you're doing? This, that, and the other thing. It's like, y'all have no fucking idea what you're talking about. But. I'm just going to swallow my pride. I'm going to say, yeah, yeah, no, I don't know what I'm doing. Nah, yeah, yeah. And then I'm going to move on. Because those people don't know the deer that you passed, don't know the time that you put in, don't know that, uh, yeah, you could probably, you probably put yourself in a position to kill a deer about a majority of the times that you went out there, but you're hunting for something specific or you're, you're kind of putting yourself in a bubble, um, you know, your own bubble, but 
regardless, like those are the people that you kind of have to ignore because they don't fully understand what you are trying to do. And the, like those people also don't understand that the fact that I, that we documented that whole thing and that it was a success from a number standpoint because our viewership went up, that is the success. That is the success. Cause now, now I can go do it again next year. And the year's probably going to look a little bit different from a success standpoint. Who knows what the numbers could be? Who knows? But, I don't know. That's just kind of a little rant from this past season. And, uh, and uh, yeah, there's disappointment. There's gratitude. There's been success. There's been a lot of failures. But at the end of the day, we're still living. We're still breathing. And you know what? We get to uh, clean the slate, and we get to start prepping for a new one next year. And that's what I'm the most grateful for. And I'm the most grateful for all of you. The people that listen, the people that follow along with this journey, the people that comment, send us messages. Um, you know, the Kansas miss was one, once again, another gut punch for me, especially that late in the season, not filling a tag yet. Another gut punch for me probably could have been one of the best things that happened all year because of the comments and the messages that we got from that hunt. Unreal, unreal. Like you guys are so cool. Like, you know, the fact that you showed that and you didn't just bury the content and you had the courage to show that stuff is amazing. It makes you relatable. It makes you relatable to us as viewers that, you know, the average Joe Hunter, whatever, like so many comments revolving around that. And the fact that we had, we just had the courage to show it that I didn't even think about would, you know, would have even been a thing. I'm just like, yeah, whatever. Like we obviously we're showing this cause we show everything, but like, I'm not thrilled about it, but at, after letting it marinate for a couple days and, and hearing the people and the comments roll in just about being able to bring y'all along with that whole Kansas journey to begin with. But then the, you know, the unfortunate part about missing that deer on the last day, what that did for, for me from the feedback perspective, I can't thank y'all enough. So thank you guys from the bottom of my heart. And I think I speak for everyone, Dino, my dad and uncle Jay here at tag and brag. We thank you all for continuing to watch for continuing to follow along with the journey and, uh, keep it rolling. Let's keep it rolling, baby. We're all in this together. We are all in this together. So Y'all keep hunting hard, hunting safe, finish your season strong. We will have our bow giveaway going out and announced here within the next week at the latest. And uh, if if you're at ATA, come stop us, say hi. If you see us on the floor, if not, we'll see you in the next vlog or we'll see you right back here next Wednesday for another episode of Goose Chasing. I love y'all. I'm so grateful for each and every one of you. God bless. Thank you.